Hello, this is Ken Ortiz, and welcome to my latest edition of What the World's Coming To. This is a, a regular podcast that we do in which we really look at what's going on in the world in relationship to the prophecies of the future that are laid out within the scriptures. I like to point out to people on a regular basis, especially if you're new with us, that uh, the Bible is a, a book of prophecy, which makes it unique from any other kind of book that's ever been written in the world. Not that other books don't have some prophecies, but the Bible is 30%. About a third of the Bible is prophecy, and 80% of that one one-third of the Bible has already been fulfilled, so we have a marker by which we can measure the accuracy of the Bible's ability to foretell the future, which also means there's about 20% of the Bible that still is waiting to be fulfilled in terms of what's coming in the future. And that's what's contained in the book of Revelation, you know, books First, Second Thessalonians, and so forth, as well as Daniel and other books. So uh, what we do is try to look at the events that are taking place in the world and to see how they relate to those biblical prophecies. And today what I want to talk to you about is something that a lot of people aren't very familiar with, but it's called the World Reserve Currency System. And uh, basically what the Bible tells us is that, that in the end times, uh, the Antichrist will create one world economic system. In other words, you won't, as it says literally, you won't be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. And our tendency is to really kind of focus upon what is going to be the device or the vehicle that the enemy of our souls is going to use. Use, uh, in other words, to control the economies of the world. And keep in mind, this kind of control is going to be both on an individual level, but as well as corporately and internationally. So again, what we tend to do is we focus on what is going to be the mark. Is it going to be a chip? Is it going to be an implant? Is it going to be one thing or another we look at? And the problem is, is this, there's something far more essential. How the mark is uh, utilized or implemented is not nearly as significant as the infrastructure that needs to be developed behind it. You can understand the complexity of trying to create a single economic system that is really utilized by all the world at all levels, from the largest corporate entity and, and nation state in the world to the little farmer in Zimbabwe who's trying to sell his, you know, sorghum on, on the market or something like that. I mean, these things are, are huge spans that have to be uh, bridged. And how in the world can you possibly do that? Well, first of all, you need to, we need to understand what the International Reserve Monetary System really is. It's something that was uh, created when, uh, in 1945, uh, the United Nations and other countries created the uh, International Monetary Fund. And the International Monetary Fund is somewhat independent, but it's closely affiliated with the United Nations and the World Bank. Uh, and so it's, it's a key player because what it does, it tends to be the vehicle that controls controls uh, the value of international currencies uh, relative one to another. In other words, when you go into a foreign country, you need to exchange your uh, U.S. dollars or whatever currency you're using for the currency of that local state that you're visiting. Well, uh, what? who sets that rate of exchange? How do we know what one euro is worth in relationship to one dollar or one yen for that matter? Well, basically, it's the Inter International Monetary Fund that sets those rates. And these have not only 
implications for you and me as individuals, but they also affect how nations do business with each other. So that when we talk about the sale of oil or other products of steel and so forth, uh, basically the IMF sets the value in this market basket of, of currencies. And basically what it is is 50% uh, of it's made up of U.S. dollars, 33% uh, is made up of the euro, uh, the British pound makes only 12%, and the Japanese yen are 7%. So these currencies are the ones that are used to measure the value of every other currency, and basically how much a nation or a corporation or an individual will have to pay for a product that's being purchased from another country and transported to their own. Well, there were these four nations that have been basically the four key currencies up until recently. A lot of currencies aren't included because they're not very strong, they're not very volatile, or they're very volatile and can change a lot. And so this kind of keeps the the international uh, economy and come some kind of stability and stasis. But this year, or last year, excuse me, uh, the IMF added the Chinese yuan to uh, the other list of currencies. So now instead of four reserve currencies, there are five. And they also changed the value as a consequence. For example, the U.S. as part of the market basket was moved from 50% to 40%. The euro went from 33% to 30%. Uh, the yuan came in at 8%, the Chinese currency. The yen remained at about, or actually went up from 7% to 8%. And the British pound dropped from 12% to 8%. Now, the message behind this is pretty significant because what it's saying is basically that the US and the European economies, as well as the British economy, have dropped in value in terms of their uh, uh, purchasing power around the world. And none of this is necessarily um, avoidable, certainly. The US fiscal policy has contributed significantly to it by our huge borrowing uh, to support the economy and running up a, an unprecedentedly huge debt, that naturally would reduce our purchase quality. But also the, there's another under-quality uh, policies, for example, particularly with President Biden, the effort to move in a very much more global direction means that there's an intentional design to reduce the U.S.'s influence and power on the world and to bring other countries up. Well, the Chinese government uh, has no illusions about being brought into line with anybody else. They have one stated long-range goal, and that's to become the number one reserve currency, to replace the United States and even if they can, to eliminate all others. And it's an interesting plan that they have devised in order to do this. I mean, the first thing is to outpace the U.S. economy by basically having a more aggressive policy. Uh, right now, 80% of U.S. industries are dependent upon Chinese supplies on one level or another. And that's a very, very unhealthy dynamic, one that President Trump was trying to change. But unfortunately, the current administration is, is reinstating that and even going further. In fact, right now, when we talk about medical supplies, 80 to 90 percent of our medical supplies come from China, including most of our pharmaceuticals. So basically, they become the merchant that sells their product to the United States, and we become dependent upon them for our supplies. You can understand that this really 
weakens the U.S. economy and strengthens the Chinese economy. But secondly, what they have done is they've set out to create their own new cryptocurrency. Now, when you talk about cryptocurrency, people know all about things like Bitcoin and uh, Cardano and Ethereum and all these other kind of currencies. But this is not one that's based upon uh, basically some uh, what they call a, a, a currency farm. Uh, it's complex. I don't want to go into it because I barely understand it myself. But basically, this is based upon the really the strength of the Chinese or the Bank of China, and they create their own electronic currency, which right now they're implementing in China so that today, uh, not only are 90% of all transactions digital in China, but increasingly they're going to be based upon this central cryptocurrency so that it's not going to be any longer based upon any kind of international market exchange, but they will really become insulated. And this is the value that China has in all of the technologies that they use. They basically have such a control over both the cap, the, the capital production, the industry, as well as the government, the military, and so forth, that they can basically develop systems and try them out and get them where they work really well uh, before they begin to introduce them to other world markets. And they can point to other countries and say, see how well this works. That's why they become the chief purveyor in, in security systems around the world because they've done such a jo good job of refining their ability to basically track all of their own citizens. But what they're going to do is increasingly begin to require their trade partners to begin to trade with them in this new currency. And it's interesting how you do that because right now when you talk about the exchange of currencies between countries, they use what's called the SWIFT system. SWIFT is an acronym that stands for the Society for Worldwide Interbank Pay Systems. It was created in the U.S. just like the Internet was, and it's based in the U.S., and it gives the United States tremendous power over other countries. For example, we talk about sanctions, uh, they can literally, since this is the one system that's used worldwide to transfer money back and forth, especially between nations, the U.S. can actually stop monies from being transferred between countries. That's how they can strangle somebody like Russia or Iran or North Korea. And they want to replace it with their own called the SIPS system. C-I-P-S means cross-border interbank pay system. This is something that they're going to introduce first with their immediate trading partners, about 13 countries are in Asia, as well as with Iran and Russia and others. And these countries are more than anxious to buy into this new system because of two critical factors. Number one, the dollar is weakening in its position. As the U.S. continues to increase its borrowing and printing of its own, money, uh, its position becomes more and more a borrower and not a lender. And we know that scripture says that the borrower is the slave of the lender. People can pick this up. They see the value of the dollar going down. They want to put their money someplace where their value of the dollar or their value investment goes up, not down. The second thing is the U.S.'s interference, as I mentioned, the sanction system. There are a lot of countries who would like to be able to be free from interference. And one of the things the new SIPs system promises is that they will not interfere. They'll just transfer money back and forth without uh, applying any kind of sanctions or control, at least initially, because we know China, once they're in total control, uh, they would be more than glad to uh, demand and require other countries to follow their policies, especially their way of controlling societies. But the question is, when will this happen? Well, it'll happen when 50% of the world trade transfers from the SWIFT system into the UN cryptocurrency. And there's a way, it's going to be a ways before it gets there, but it's amazing how quickly 
quickly it's getting there, uh, especially with the increasing acquiescence of the current uh, American administration to China policy, along with countries like uh, Canada and uh, even many within Europe. So uh, right now, I mean, for example, we talk about the Silk Road, and that's not something that connects with a lot of people real strongly. But basically, China is building a not only a land route, but also a sea route that connects it with the rest of the world in a very efficient way. And, and what they've done is they've basically invested heavily in the development of 61 uh, seaports around the world um, so that uh, essentially they're running many of the ports in the world. For example, Long Beach in, in California was uh, owned by Costco uh, and was basically, um, uh, they had a major controller ownership. They had literally bought the port of Long Beach and the U.S. Uh, President Trump made them sell it. And they, they, of course, because it had been taken over by a uh, Communist Party-run corporation. So as a result, but they still control a major portion of the operations of the ports in, in the United States as well as around the world. And they're in the process of making more investments in 29 others. What I'm saying basically is that the transport of goods around the world is increasingly coming under the touch and the control of the Chinese Communist Party. And so they're really extending their web. Now, I want to close uh, in the few minutes that I have to say, I don't think that China is going to become the one world government. But what they are doing, because clearly we see in Revelation that they aren't, but what they are doing is creating the infrastructure that makes the development and the implementation of one world currency system uh, much easier to do. This is kind of what they've done in many ways. They create the road and then uh, others have been able to access. Uh, it's fascinating to watch how all of this develops. My encouragement to you is pay a close attention, especially you might check from time to time where the dollar is in terms of the world currencies and to see where its value is going because as it drops, it will increasingly lose its position because the IMF is basically said by their actions, they believe that China is on the way to becoming the dominant world economic power and they've made room and helped it along that road. It's really increased their status in the world and uh, particularly when the world looks at the uh, cost cognitive dysfunctionality of the current president of the United States, there's a growing feeling that uh, America's best days are behind them. Uh, that's not something that potent, por portends well for the rest of us, by the way. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it seems like something like this is necessary for the end of times to come. So anyway, just an update. Keep your eye on the development of Chinese currencies, uh, particularly cryptocurrencies, and uh, also look to see their implementation of their new international monetary trade system. Uh, God bless you and go in his grace. <music>